0: There are definitely videos where I'm like, I did not know I like this yeah. and it feels wrong.
1: <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, maybe, I, maybe that's the thing is maybe I secretly am into heavy metal and crocheting. Like, who's to say? You know, maybe the algorithm <laughs> gods have told me. this. Mm, is we really are. You never know. <laughs> Welcome back to I'm the Villain. Today we have we're welcoming back Andy to the show. Um, he has done two episodes with us before, um, one on gaming and one on passion. And so today we're actually going to be talking about a, a, a topic that has been ruining my life recently, which is TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: yeah. Well, thanks for having me back. And uh, I know we were just joking. I said we let's talk about TikTok in passing. And so I really appreciate you thinking about bringing me back for this disclaimer i'm not like fraud. i don't work yeah. for um bite okay. i don't work for tick anyone in TikTok. uh i don't even create tick <laughs> you don't work yeah, for the chinese not- government <laughs> well of course if i was i wouldn't tell you right <laughs> um but oh, sure. yeah i don't even make i've made a few videos but i don't even make them regularly so but i'm like super interested in it it's 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 a huge phenomenon that um that's gri- gripped my attention both in my personal time and also in like kind of my professional time too so it's something i've been super <laughs> interested in i love talking about it and no one else in my and no one else around me wants to talk about it with me so this <laughs> is a have great you, opportunity what have you been for making me. TikToks about? i'm sorry
1: what are you making tiktoks about
0: oh well no i was just trying to experiment with it with my uh my business i tried starting last year like the the month before the pandemic started so Mm -hmm. you know i started i made videos about like uh made videos for my streaming stuff when i was video game streaming Uh, i made something about like Mm -hmm. tips around like how i ended up feeling financially stable enough to quit my job and pursue my passions and stuff like that well all of them flopped um the algorithm (laughs) has flagged me as someone that creates low quality content um and (laughs) like the one so the videos are still there and then one day I just get a notification that someone commented on my video I made like 6 months prior at the time and it was it was like the 6-year-old girl and she commented F O D and I'm like what well, F O D what's that and this is just going to be a theme we're going to be talking about well, probably all the episode I'm like what is F O D so I looked it up and it's and it's fuck off and die and
1: I'm like <laughs> are you serious a 6-year-old
0: girl just somehow found my wow. video and told me to fuck off and die. I'm like, wow. Like, who is this? Um, but that's just, one, a sign of how hard it is to... So, mm, it there's a particular <laughs> kind of content that does well on TikTok. Um, yeah. It, it's, yeah, for it sure. puts you in very distinctive buckets. Uh, and, like, when you're not a part of that bucket, and if you're not a part of that, like, click, then everything seems real, weird to you. So, it both, like... It's crazy how it both promotes such amount of crazy amount of discoverability but at the same time it like segregates people in a lot different ways too.
1: That that part of it makes me really like wonder how that person saw your video because I feel like it's so good at serving you content it thinks that you would like. Like I feel like it would actually be kind of hard to find like you know TikToks that someone adamantly hates, it, right?
2: I I was told by someone who is like a very very new TikTok creator that the algorithm like also has some stuff to like kind of guarantee you. So, like, it's going to serve your video to people because it wants you to feel like empowered as a creator, yeah. you know, like, so it's like, it's good at showing you what you want, but also like, I think TikTok is also just good at showing you a lot yeah. of shit. Yeah. In general, it is. you know, it's
0: like the algorithm is really set up to just keep poking and prodding and seeing um, what your interests are. So I would say based on my experience and how, my feed my for you page ends up being uh it's like probably every 10 videos i get an experimental video shown to me yeah about and it's trying to see if i like it or not
1: what 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 is the longest amount of time that you've spent in a like TikTok hole
0: oh man (laughs) Uh, so, so yeah so it i will say i don't know how long but i got served the hey buddy you should probably put it down and go to sleep twice in one session oh yeah.
1: i've only ever had it once so wow. that's probably a long time
0: <laughs> <laughs> wait isabel
2: are you on tiktok i didn't realize that
1: i don't like yeah i have i like have the app but i don't like I, i'm i like i feel like like most people i'm just a lurker like i've never actually made any of my own videos
2: yeah but you you, you like you know you're a tiktoker though
1: i have only really gotten in a hole of like five plus hours maybe like once. And it was a couple nights ago. Wait, wait, wait.
0: five plus hours straight?
1: <laughs> just like That's when you're long. literally like about to go to bed and then you're just like, Oh, you know, like why don't I open All this content. Yeah. Oh, fuck that. Never do that.
0: <laughs> Ironically. <laughs> because if it's
1: like if it's if it's nighttime, you're kind of just like, I don't have anything that I have to do, so it's literally like it could just keep going indefinitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Ironically there's there's a <laughs> TikTok like, trend where they record like someone turning on Netflix, binging Netflix, and they just hear, they start at like 9 p.m. at night, and then the next thing they know, it's like 3 a.m., they hear birds chirping, they're like, oh, I fucked up. Right. Like, that's like a very popular right. video that people- I feel
1: like that has happened to like so many people during the pandemic, mm-hmm. especially because during the pandemic, you're like, you're never gonna have to be anywhere, so I think it's a lot easier to have this mentality of like, oh, whatever, I can fuck up my whole day tomorrow. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, it's it doesn't fine. Really matter. It's-
0: <laughs> super inconsequential (laughs) right yeah deandre what about you what about how far along the rabbit hole have you gone down well this is a
2: very very rare event andy because like this never happens i actually don't have tiktok and isabel does (laughs) (laughs) and like typically it's like i'm the one that's savvy and up on the new like the new (laughs) shit and like i have the app or whatever and so this is actually yeah super unique i don't have tiktok um but tiktok is so good at being you know, like the premier social media app that I still will consume. Like, yeah. say I ten between ten and twelve TikTok a yeah. day. You know, just because from my friends yep. sending it. Yeah, as much as uh
0: oh, go ahead. And Sorry.
2: Yeah. I was just saying, and that's like super remarkable, given
0: the fact that I don't even have the app. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy because um, there's some uh. So, just an example to illustrate that. Like, as much as Reddit seems to hate TikTok content, it's every like every post i see on reddit that has a high amount of upvotes depending on the subreddit is from tiktok it's somehow the content is it's just reddit's just essentially recycling a lot of tiktok content for like our funny and uh you know those kind of humor ones um yeah right but mm -hmm. so like we
2: we've had things that are somewhat similar to tiktok in the past right we've had like Vine and that died, but Vine was obviously only seven seconds. Um, you know, Twitter has had the capability to make short videos, Instagram had the the capability to make short videos. Um but and I think I have some answers to this question, but I'm interested to hear y'all's takes. What do you think makes TikTok so unique and ubiquitous? You know, like why is it why is TikTok so much better or doing so much better than those yeah, other apps?
0: I have a few yeah, I think answers I, okay. for that.
1: I have like a, uh, yeah, I have a lot of Yeah, go for
0: it. it because I've been yeah. going on for So a yeah. I
1: think it's the algorithm. I think it's literally the fact that, I mean, I was actually reading a book by the about this around AI by this guy, Kai-Fu Lee, who was the former head of, of Google China. So I don't know, you're nodding your head, Andy. Have you also heard of this guy? And,
0: I've heard of this, but I'm not too familiar. Okay. Yeah, Yeah.
1: so he, yeah. he talks specifically about ByteDance and this is actually, this book was written before TikTok came to the US, right? And it was him kind of predicting that Byte Dance was going to be like, you know, a big app in the future, and that it was going to like take over the world. You know what I mean? And it was really interesting. So he talks about how, you know, he has a number of reasons why he thinks China is going to win the AI race. One because it's really like the US has been at the forefront in a lot of technologies that rely on quality of like you know just attracting you know so many smart people come to the us and if your technology is based on having just like putting a bunch of smart people in a room together and that's what's going to make you competitive then the us has china beat right but ai is really dependent on quantity right your algorithm is literally just a function of how many how much data you can shove into the algorithm right and so people in china seem way more willing to like you know adopt like they have just a lot there's a lot of really savvy companies in China that have been just gamifying the adoption right and so the example that he gives in this book WeChat is like this app that is like we don't really have an equivalent app like this in the U.S. it's like an all-in-one app everything can happen on it right it can be a fitness tracker it can be a mobile payments processor it's a group like chat app it's everything right and so what they did when they launched their mobile payments, right, as a way to get people to adopt and and he used mobile payments as an example, because like people in the U.S. like ha- mobile payments haven't really taken off in the U.S. It's not like we've rep- replaced the credit card. Right. Um, and so like he talks about how people got they got people to really adopt mobile payments in China because it is very ubiquitous in China. Like they basically went straight from cash to digital. Right. And the way that they did it is like. Met like many years ago when they were first launching it, they decided everyone was already in WeChat, right? And so, what they decided to do is like for Chinese New Year, right? They decided to make it so that you could put, like, you know, how they have those like little red envelopes that have money in it for Chinese New Year. So, they made like a digital version of that where you could like go into one of your group chats. And like, put this nice, like, you know, $2 worth of cash or something in this like digital red envelope. And the first person to click on it got the money. So it became this like really (laughs) fun game for people to be like, oh, I'm going to put this money and see who gets it first. And then obviously everyone wanted to do it, right? They wanted to be the first person to get the money in their group chat. So then, like, as soon as you click on it, you have to put your bank information in. And it was just so, it was uber successful, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) yeah that's yeah. that's a really fun way to do it for sure there's one more undertone that you haven't yeah, m- mentioned ahead. the difference between China and the yeah. U.S. is that you give up a lot more information oh, in for China, sure. Yeah. right the government has so much data and that data is I don't you know we don't really know how that data is propagated amongst the companies or like how that yeah. information flows between companies and the government but at least like we don't know right but I know some people right.
2: know I mean and this yeah. is like this is like at least partly Trump propaganda, but like you know, the U.S. government was trying to like yeah, fully for shut sure. Out TikTok.
0: Yeah, actually, maybe we bring up so uh, maybe we bring up some of the history of TikTok, right? So, um, and we'll come back to exactly like the, the AI part because I think that's yeah. super cool. I'll definitely touch on it. So, like, what happened it was like TikTok was originally so what we know as TikTok was originally an education app. It was meant for short form video uh-huh. for education in China. It was originally created in China by these two guys. Uh, sorry, I don't remember your names. I don't mean to disrespect it. It's like Louis, Louis Yeah, it's fine. They're definitely <laughs> like not Louis, <laughs> Louis, Yang and like Alex Zhu, I think. That's if I pronounce it right. So they created this app. If It wasn't doing well. So they brought it over to the U.S. market. So it, it, I think one of them was a Microsoft employee for the longest time, and he went back to China. So he brought it back to the U.S. market, and then Got that's it. when he re- rebranded it as Musical.ly. And that was when he, yeah, he, he created this amazing deal to br- license like real, like popular music with the record labels. And then that became super popular, but the only demographic it was popular for was like teenage girls. So they hit a wall because there was only so much of that market they could grab. At the same time, there was a uh, bite dance in China. They saw musically. And <laughs> so like everything in life, it's so ironic, right? Like, they looked at this Chinese-born American product, and they're like, "Okay, let's go ahead and do the same thing in China." And that's where Douyin came in. That's the Chinese version of what we know as TikTok. And then that's ByteDance. That's so this is where the machine learning comes in. That's where they implemented the algorithm because ByteDance had their algorithm. Uh, you know, they're like like you said earlier it's about they're like the kings of AI at this point, right? So they already had a lot of the algorithm technology in there. And then, once so they bought Musically. So now the the Chinese developers who brought their app to America were bought again by the Chinese company. So now this American <laughs> company who's based in LA, I think, yeah, they're based in LA now. Yeah. Um. Now they're essentially like subsidized by this Chinese company, right? They're, that's who's feeding all this stuff. So ByteDance just funnels all this advertising into the com- into Musically, which they then brand rebrand into TikTok. Um. So there's now now finally the Musically turned into TikTok. They still have Douyin, Douyin in China, and what they did was they took the algorithm power of Douyin and they added it to Musically, and then they essentially just com- shared and combined technologies. Right. The thing that made TikTok so there's two things in my head that really made TikTok explode. Uh, Isabel, you called out the first one, the AI. The amount of like the the real Big advantage TikTok has is the amount of data that's being fed into it. And because you feed yeah. that beast every like either, either between like one second to 60 seconds. Every one second to 60 seconds, you're feeding that algorithm, that beast. That's so much data that's being fed into it. The second part is the content, the way that it's short form content. So there's actually three parts, but so the second thing is the short form content forces. <laughs> forces essentially forces users to feed the beast right because it's so short the content is so short so you, you just perpetu it just perpetuates itself the machine learning just continuously just learns and learns and learns and learns and learns the third part is uh tiktok with the way that they learn from their teenage girl demographic users from musically they learned uh, how that they learned about how content. It, so t- TikTok really exemplifies that content is king, right? Quality yeah. is secondary, no matter what. Like it, TikTok really has proven that. So content is king. You you provide the tools to these content creators to make something easy and fun as quickly as possible, uh, with like as li- you know almost near judgment free when it comes to a quality standpoint. And then then you just have this perfect mix of. Um m- making sure that uh you're feeding content as quickly as possible to feed this beast to perpetually go ahead and feed more content to you. So and that's that's what yeah. this machine just keeps going on and on and on, and they have to just process so much data. It's a huge feat in machine learning. <laughs> like like it's just it's just this critical yeah. mass of data just going to, and that's why it works so well. Um, because you're feeding so much data yeah. to it. You
2: hit on something really kind of interesting because um so obviously, yeah, TikTok is like king of AI, does a really, really good job, has a really great algorithm. But then I find the sort of what you were getting at in terms of like content versus quality, really, really interesting. Because obviously TikTok, like like you, you noted, brokered that deal with the music industry so that like gave creators the ability to just kind of pull any song they want to pull and like create a video to it. So that I think is a huge, huge sort of driver of this. But second, and this is what you were kind of getting at, it gave creators the tools to just like, yeah, like literally just make something really, really quick, quick editing software. Yep. And and now that, I mean, like it's gotten, you know, it's an internet thing, Gen Z ha- was already like, I mean, they're obviously like really aggressive memers. And before TikTok, you know, low quality, kind of like distorted, like, poorly photoshopped memes were already <laughs> yeah. kind of in vogue like that was real, already like a really funny way to go and then tiktok like amplifies that right where you can do a green screen now you can have like a shitty mm-hmm. green screen behind you and it's like funny because it's yeah. shitty you know like like tiktok turned what it means to create good quality yeah. content yeah. on its head you know like what, and it's what, like the point even is, is that it's, it's like satire, it so
1: like it's like actually the shittier the <laughs> <Yeah>. better right <laughs>
2: exactly you know how many tiktoks are there of someone with their like their wired apple headphones and they're like oh, talking yeah. into their mic like yeah. this you know and like it's just and that is all of what makes it really yeah really, and i really think it's funny. such yeah. a good
1: example of like the the trend that it was we are already we were already seeing you know, there are places like YouTube and Instagram, right, where it's like, you know, Jenna Marbles is like huge, but she literally only ever, you know, recorded on her phone. Right. And it was really like exemplifying this. It's really all about the content. It's not really about the the quality. Right. But it's like, you know, going even further. And I, I had this friend who works in, you know, TV and film. And, you know, she was talking to me the other day about how she's like, this is really, really going to, you know, It was I mean, it was already going in the direction where video is is just by far becoming like the most compelling medium. Right. But like now it's it's making it so accessible for even amateurs. And like most of the time, especially even when you're an adult. Right. You're not as incentivized to try something that's going to look bad, that you're not going to be proud of, whatever. Mm. Right. We have this like ego attached to it. But like it's it's giving you the permission for amateurs to just like try this new thing. And that is i think like just gets so many more people in the door right yeah. <laughs> who otherwise wouldn't have
0: yeah the barrier the to entry yeah, right. is so it low is. like people have great ideas uh, and like when you start democratizing the spread of ideas like that's where you know you really start seeing really memeable stuff like i have not seen so many memes come out <laughs> so quickly not just like funny memes right but like just like thought provoking and things, also the fact that copying um, is also well. so
1: condoned right it's like mm-hmm. totally fine if mm-hmm. literally all every single piece of content you have on your tiktok channel is literally just ripping off of like a meme that a hundred if not thousands of other people have done already right that's totally yeah. the culture
2: and i don't know if this is i don't know if this is built into the app i like i said i don't i don't use tiktok and i've never created a tiktok but people also will like yeah, take like recordings mm-hmm. of other people's TikToks and like integrate them into right. their
0: own TikTok. Like you can, yeah, like you said, like, literally duet. you yeah. can yeah.
2: put someone yeah. else's content yeah. in your content.
0: duets and stitches and right. stuff like that. That's some of that's built in. Some some people just literally rip videos and don't do the actual stitching. Yeah. But <laughs> the right way to do it is is uh, do the duet. And weirdly, but,
1: even though I hear like the same exact like four seconds of music probably like, you know, a dozen times for some reason... You, like i i feel like if you were trying to come up with this from scratch you'd be like oh people are gonna get really bored of that really quickly but it it doesn't get old for some reason mm-hmm. it's actually like yeah. makes you like it even more <laughs> it know? does
0: there's this so actually what's really funny to illustrate your point there so there was this so um, my tiktok doesn't have any dancing videos so every 10 videos like TikTok would try to get me into dancing videos, but I, like I just skipped, like no one's dancing on my TikTok except one time. There was this one trend with like, there was this one dance that for some reason, like I, I couldn't keep my eyes off <laughs> for a while. And then so for about a good week, I just kept getting that same song, that same dance of like different iterations of it. And then now we talk about creativity. Now let's talk about creativity. Like from day one, I saw like the original version of the dance then I slowly started seeing like the bastardized version of the dance, and then I started at the end of it seeing the subverted version of that dance, like people making fun of the dance and like, you know, putting their own unique spin onto things. And then finally, like the algorithm realized I'm tired of this da- dance. I never see another video of mm-hmm. it again. But I know it's still going. Mm-hmm. Right, you know? Yeah, so. for sure. The w- the one thing that we were, Andy, you were talking about
2: the history of TikTok, and one thing that I wanted to point out was TikTok um, when it was musically, actually you know caught a huge privacy lawsuit from i can't i don't know if it was the u.s government i think it was the u.s government but um because it was not properly securing the data of its users and its users were primarily yep. children caught like that, you yeah. said it was teenage yep. teenage girls so
0: it i think that was more recent actually. <laughs> thought, i think it was like wally was tiktok actually like it was last, last year that that happened I, yeah. May, yeah yeah maybe i don't know i thought it was still
2: musically but i could definitely yeah. be wrong Um, and yeah like it bounced back it it didn't affect the popularity of the app at all right like it just bounced back right like it didn't matter because well and also because we don't don't give any
1: shits about privacy anymore like and especially (laughs) younger
2: people than us right (laughs) (laughs) in the words of Michael Jordan fuck them
0: kids (laughs) (laughs) I know well that's the thing like these things now I, I used to be so big on my right to privacy and now I'm just desensitized to mm-hmm. it now like at this point maybe i don't know maybe i'm being lazy about it i don't know now that i'm saying this someone's gonna be like oh let me get him now <laughs> it's like now i'm i'm less oh i'm less villi- uh, vigilant about the data that i agreed to giving when i signed the privacy policies mm-hmm. you know when i agree to it like yeah. i don't read them anymore mm-hmm. at this mm-hmm. point they're so hard to read um I barely read them before when, like, the time went. When you know, back then, in like that was ten years, i right. you ever read them. Yeah, yeah. But um, I was kind of caught out, like, all the regulation about, you know, like, all the regulation issues that they had to deal with last year because of the Trump administration. Like, that actually just blew up its popularity even more, right? You know, you when people who've never heard of TikTok suddenly hears about the U.S. government hearing They're about like, TikTok oh, what, and hearing this? about in yeah. the news. Yeah, they're like, "What is this?" They go and they check it out, and um, and you know, they get sucked in just as much. So, uh, you know, there were they went back and forth all year. So, U.S. And there was executive orders to block TikTok from the Trump administration, that uh, got shot down by a few judges. Then there was a bunch of lawsuits between the t- between uh, Trump administration, U.S. government, and um, ByteDance. Um, and all those things got shut down, and TikTok's still with us, right? Like, there was a point where people were like, oh my God, I'm going to sell my phone, which has TikTok for yeah. thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, yeah, people were like, really yeah. worried. Yeah, TikTok we were. We were, we were. And, and all that thing, all that did it's was incredible just incredible how
1: much the the kids on, like, just people on TikTok, like, came out against the US government, like, it, like pretty publicly, oh, yeah. right? <laughs> I saw so many of those videos being like, they can't take this platform away from us. Like, you know, some of us have worked really hard to build our followings here. How dare they? Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> it was Gen Z version yeah. of the NRA rallies. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, it was just like, people, like, don't take our guns like, away. Don't take our TikTok. How dare load. you?
1: Like, they cannot come yeah. for our, <laughs> for you our know, t- for TikTok.
0: Yeah.
2: So we talked about how good TikTok is at, you know, doing the meme shit like entertainment. But TikTok is also really good at like spreading education. Mm-hmm. Like it was it, huge in like the Black Lives yeah. Matter protests in of last year, mm-hmm. huge activism space. Well, and also huge on the, you know, on the like, right
1: too, right? Because there's so I, many people who were doing the like, I don't know if you guys saw the like, you know, like, oh, like the, um, it was something like humanizing the badge where basically they would literally just, they like all these police officers, like all of these police departments had this campaign where they tried to get like their cops to just like, do the silly dances or whatever just to be like oh well we're people too you <laughs> yeah. know
0: yeah i didn't see that yeah yeah
2: yeah and like to me that's like you know especially within like my peer group right like i'm not a gen mm-hmm. z so like i but i am friends mm-hmm. with a lot of fucking activists yeah. like i feel like i get sent as many activism tiktoks or like i see as many activism tiktoks on like reposted on people's instagram stories as i do yeah. funny ones you know like that like that, I think it's like not to be yeah.
0: underestimated how how for instrumental sure. TikTok was yeah. for that. Yeah, as when well. I when I think about TikTok, right, like the first thought is of course it's the thing that Gen Z does and it's something we'll never understand. But when I gave it a chance, I saw the value after like 30 minutes, and that was when. So I joined right when Black Lives Matter ha- started happening. Mm-hmm. So what I learned very quickly is that the discoverability of, of the way these algorithms work is f- phenomenal. I was getting raw video and seeing the actual, what is actually happening on the streets during all the, all those protests. Um, Black Lives Matter. I mean, right now there's um, stop Asian hate right now too. And, and there's a lot of other really critical ones um, that happened over the course of last year. But I mean, these videos are of course, short clips. You have to be careful about contextualizing what you watch, but There's like nowhere else you can get so much information like all at once and you're not even hunting for it. It's just getting fed to you. The way that TikTok works is it solved the problem about like what all these other social media networks was having trouble with. For all the other social networks that existed, the the way you discover things is you, you, the user actually actively hunts for content, right? Like you look for people to friend. You look for Twitter accounts to follow, right? You look for Instagram accounts to follow. Yeah, you know, YouTube works that way too, once you, you know, as it's trying to learn yeah. about you. Yeah, exactly. TikTok do- takes that out of, away from you. And it, it plays on the fact that, I forgot this very famous research that's cited all the time. When you have too many choices, you have no choices, Oh, paradox right? choice. Essentially. Yeah, That was actually exactly. my psych so, professor yeah, in
1: college. Sure. <laughs> Came up with that, yeah. Oh, really? Very. That's Ford. awesome,
0: yeah. Yeah, nice. So it's it's just like what what the Schwartz essentially research calls out, right? Like it, instead of giving you the choice, like you're sitting what you're sitting on the couch for an hour on Netflix looking for something to to watch, it's fed to you, and then you just. Go at it. And so when it comes to discoverability, not only are you getting fed all this content, you're giving me given so many more opportunities to discover the right content for you too. So it solves so many factors. And then so like for me, I was also having trouble. So it solved some issues for me. Like I don't get all my news from TikTok, but when it comes to like breaking news, like TikTok really helped me understand like what was happening right away. So I didn't even hear about these protests for Black Lives Black Lives Matter until I opened up TikTok. Like I didn't even see like none of the Twitter feeds I was following even called out anything until I opened mm-hmm. TikTok. Like I saw all that stuff first, um, and and in other you know not just uh, yeah that's that's why I'll say about that <laughs> uh, the discoverability thing is huge because it it just solves a major problem uh, and it takes a lot of work like my Twitter account. Like, I don't follow that many people because it, it, it is work to go and find people to follow. And then a lot of the content they put out, I don't even like.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, what, like the activism videos and stuff, like to go back to kind of like the the role that it's playing. I also think a big piece of uh what, like the difference between TikTok and a lot of these other apps that are US-based is, is that I really feel like so many of us really see these platforms as being antithetical to the government. Right. And that, you know, the government's job is to rein in Facebook, is to basically crack down on these companies. And like they're seen as being these forces that are really opposed. Right. And I don't think that's the way it is in China. Right. Like the I mean, one of the things that, you know, I was also reading in this book was about how, you know, the government is making this really concerted effort to try to ba- basically make you know, 10 Silicon Valleys, like put a Silicon Valley in every major city in China, right? And they're dumping so much government investment into just like venture capital, entrepreneurship, getting people in the door. It doesn't even matter, like, you know, if your idea sounds that good, they're trying to really take a quantity approach, right? And I do think that that alignment is is gonna end up being really, really beneficial for these you know, TikTok and other companies like that coming out of china right and like we look at that we look at that you know relationship with you know the government as being really nefarious because we have this concept of like american individualism and like you know that can't be good right but now especially as you know as we talked about we're kind of becoming more immune to these privacy concerns and like well actually like maybe i can really envision a world in which we just didn't care about this like you know it doesn't seem that unplausible that chinese people are just having the exact same mentality that we are starting to have right of being like "Eh, i'm not that concerned about it right and the fact that the government is so like wholesale supporting these these you know companies and trying to to use that as a mechanism to improve the economy because they see that as being like you know the economy growing is like the main uh, thing that lends us legitimacy in the gov- in the chinese government's eyes and the u.s government right feels a lot of pressure from american people to actually you know be the enemy of these of these platforms like facebook
2: yeah it's super interesting yeah i mean the way that right personal freedoms uh sort of influences this whole situation right like china is like i mean like we don't really guarantee our citizens' personal freedoms anyway, so of course we're going to take control of the the internet, right? But like the U.S., because under, you know, because of its values, constitution, whatever, it would be a really, really bad look for the U.S. government to start really trying to control what is put on the internet. So like it's kind of only other option is to be completely at odds, right? Because that makes, because if you can't, if you can't kind of absorb these, these powers, then at the end of the day, like these huge internet platforms have tons of power that like i don't think i don't think it's an exaggeration to say can really Mm -hmm. kind of rival government power right like like you know these social media platforms can really activate large Mm -hmm. swaths of people to do to you know to care about a certain cause and you know we see that to a you know some some extent with the blm stuff um but you know and like right I feel like right and so we see the platforms shit, right? as like, our
1: mechanism to fight the government and yet then we also see the government as our mechanism to fight the platform <laughs> right
2: yeah <laughs> yeah we want you know we want there to be a kind of like harmonious system of checks and balances yeah. like we perceive our government to have it yeah you know, right. but our government well, doesn't really have that anyway I
0: see, <laughs> and so the way i see ahead these ahead. issues are actually two separate flavors so actually i'm curious how you guys see it so the one flavor is there, there's the privacy flavor, right? Where people are were concerned about the, their privacy being under uh, there's, there's too much data being collected. Our privacy is being invaded, but I don't see too much rhetoric from the government about stopping any of that. I do see the second more of the second flavor, which is um, when there are times where uh, these companies step in to censor a certain group, like the alt-right well, kept saying that like Twitter was uh, Twitter was censoring uh, con- conservatives and conservative voices and they kept you know that was a huge thing and they were saying Facebook was doing the same thing I don't think they were concerned about Google <laughs> as much but um, they were saying that and so um, and when those conversations started happening the rhetoric from Washington was that these companies are so large that they can censor and con- control the information that is being distributed and so like there's the privacy flavor I'm not hearing too much from the government on and then the um, but the censorship the potential of censorship that's what I'm hearing a lot of noise about is that what you guys see as well like that's. Kind I of- think
1: of like when I think of like you know the voices calling for the government to you know crack down on these companies I think of Elizabeth Warren and I think of like AOC I think of a lot of these individual either in their campaigns or in their, you know, actual roles in government trying to like convince the government to do something about this stuff. Like, you know, like AOC for a while was on was on this whole shtick about the military not advertising to you know, minors on Twitch or something. Right? Stuff like that.
0: Mm, makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So... TikTok's is really good with discoverability. You discover new, you discover these new communities like really quickly, and it's, the algorithm's super good at identifying what you like without you even realizing, like you know, like things that you don't you like. Right, so um, one example of this is I really like cars, and I'm a total anime nerd. So. I forgot about this community a long time. Like I heard about this a long time ago when I was in like high school. There's a community of people who own cars and they put anime decals and like decorations on their cars. And some of them are, yeah. And some of them are super cool. A lot of them are pretty distasteful, but they're like super cool ones. And so TikTok helped me like rediscover that community. Like I had no idea that niche, niche was still around. But so one thing is... So back to the value that I was talking about that I saw from the from the early t- times I joined TikTok, like it helped me discover these communities that I had interest in that I wasn't aware of. Um, it helped me also understand that there were people like me. Like I thought I was alone uh, for a lot of things in my interest. Like no one else is interested in this. But all of a sudden, a lot of people... I seem to see a lot of people that have the same interests as me. Like the next three videos I see are all about the same interests I had that I didn't know anyone else had. And they're, we're all talking about the same thing. Like I, I was talking about, I'm a huge anime nerd. Like one of the largest shows is Attack on Titan. And it just wrapped up a particular season. And that's all for the last two weeks. That's all I've been watching. Videos of people talking about how excited they were with the last season or how unexcited they were about the last season finale and all that kind of stuff. And I just felt like, Wow, like I could never talk about this stuff or participate in this before because I didn't know it existed. And now I don't feel so isolated anymore either because now I know that there's a lot of people with the same interests as I have. The however there I've it's done, like the algorithm did so well to put me into a bucket that it's hard for me to hear about anything else outside of that bucket. So if like you're in like the conservative bucket, you're really not inter- mixing and interacting with the liberal bucket, right? On Twitter, right? You're mixing and interacting very much between people of dislike interest, right? And you are interacting. We are seeing that that content of an opposition, opposition and you are – able to freely very easily interact with that right on tiktok unless you are explicitly looking for that content you, your the algorithm most likely won't feed it to you because it's trying to keep you on the app and keep feeding your interests and figuring out what else you're interested in unless like you somehow trick the algorithm to thinking like you like that content because you just spend so much time on it so you can hate on it or something right like unless you tell the feed the algorithm that way it's just going to keep feeding you the things that you like and so this whole issue with uh isolating yourself in these bubbles of interest right and from a political sense that's left versus right right the problem is just exasperated on tiktok even though and we're not even aware of it right like my content that i get none of i don't know what any of the dancing trends are because i don't watch any of that i'm like completely immune like all the tiktok stars that gen z kids know i don't know any of them, even though i spend just as much time on tiktok as they do
1: yeah and there's also being like there's a lot more older people on tiktok too right like i see plenty of non-gen z people on tiktok all the time
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah for sure like there's a community for everyone right like when i rem- so i was probably this is so much so hipster to say but like I joined TikTok when a lot of millennials was joining TikTok, like when we found out about it, I guess through the news, I guess I forgot where exactly, but that is when like all the millennials kind of started joining. And so the first few videos I was receiving, um, where all these Gen Z kids talking about how millennials are now ruining TikTok. And then after about a day, I don't see another Gen Z person on my feed again. It's all, it's, I'm just watching videos from millennials now.
1: It's like it's like all those videos that are like, oh, if you're old on TikTok, a.k.a. born in the 90s or whatever.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And and so, yeah, I mean, it's great. So it's a catch 22. Right. It's so great to be able to find like your community. Yeah. Your niche and find new niches that you didn't even know about. But at the same time, you. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a problem. Right. Like. Is it? I want to ask you guys.
1: Well, I think it's probably just both. Right. It's like probably just one of like a nuanced thing where it's just like, yeah, like, you know, it's definitely following us. And I'm sure there's like things that are bad about that. But then also I've heard of, of studies that say that, like, you know, being put into contact with people who are not of the same political persuasion or whatever, don't share a particular identifier with you, doesn't actually even make necessarily make you more like pro them or more likely to have a nuanced opinion on an issue. It might actually polarize you even more seeing content that is like, you know, from people you disagree with. So it's like, I I don't know yet if if there's a real consensus around whether it's kind of tearing our democracy apart or whether it's like, you know, actually helping us to to get exposure to things that we otherwise wouldn't have, right? Um, but, you know, I do think that it's just Like, I mean, there's definitely niches that like, you know, I would absolutely never have sought out before that like, you know, I get served on TikTok, like, you know, just like people who like make videos with their like (laughs) chickens playing instruments. And like, you know, there's like things that you would literally (laughs) never even know to search because like that doesn't even exist as a category in your mind.
2: But it exists in 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 a category in someone else's mind
1: exactly but it doesn't even it doesn't even have to exist in anyone's mind it's literally just in this machine like algorithmic <laughs> cloud out there and the machine doesn't yeah. even know the name for this category of thing right it's just like it's just like oh here's some data points that all seem to you know be close to each other right people in this, like, like you that watch the space. same shit
0: as, shit as you're watching this so watch this yeah the, al- the algorithm definitely knew that I was Asian. So like, <laughs> I can't like pick them on it immediately. All my, all my content was just like, Asian people <laughs> eventually. Like
2: within like an yeah, hour of me is using cool. the app, he's like this guy's Asian. Well, it, it,
1: could, yeah, it could definitely <laughs> tell yeah. that I was into like death content.
0: Can I, can we? Yeah. yeah I, like, can like I actually, can we try stuff. experiment? So DeAndre, you're not on TikTok, right? Sure. So, sure. So this is, no. So Isabel, uh, do can Mm -hmm. i see your feed for you page sure okay no that so i was wondering did that feel weird that i asked you that
1: no it's literally all dog content
0: okay (laughs) for me so that's the thing if you asked me i'd feel weird and i say oh really (laughs) like yeah so i was wondering that's because like it's so personalized now
1: oh yeah there's also that thing on tiktok where yeah, where it's like your like partner is like looking into like, your soul. Oh, I wanna, I wanna see what you're, you know, looking at on TikTok. Like, what is TikTok serving you? Because it's like, yeah. like, oh, are you secretly gay? Or like, oh, are you secretly like a, like, you know, a <laughs> brony or something? You know?
0: Yeah, yeah. So like, that's the thing. It's it's got it's like an extension. It's almost a reflection of me. So I I'm not uncomfortable with the topics that are on there. I'm less comfortable with the fact that like I'm a little bit more of a private person. So it's uncomfortable for me because I'm private, but um, it's really interesting. I was thinking about this when I was, um, while we're, when we set up this, uh, this time to talk, I was wondering like how personal um, do people feel about their TikTok feeds? Like one time, my younger sister, who was definitely Gen Z, like I grabbed her phone and I was like, what's on your feed? And she's like, don't don't like, you're going to mess up my algorithm, you know, like my feed and everything. Um, and so like these things are so, <laughs> you're gonna mess up nice, my algorithm. Yeah. You're going to mess up my feed and like, you're going to mess up yep. the algorithm, how the algorithm looks at me. Should we, should we see like what's on each other's feeds? Like, Yeah. I mean, I think there's also this
1: compare. fear that there's this, like, you know, the algorithm knows you better than you know yourself. And it'll tell oh. you that you're secretly gay or pregnant uh-huh. or something. <laughs> you know, you have all of these, you know, fears that like oh my god what if there's an insecurity i didn't even know i had that the feed finds out about me <laughs> yeah. and then like
0: <laughs> yeah i definitely had a few of those videos yeah It's oh like, for
1: sure uh, i think that yeah. people are definitely afraid of that
0: oh 100%. you know
1: because it's so eerie and we we just don't understand like how it works right
0: mm-hmm yeah there are definitely videos where i'm like i did not know i like this yeah. and it feels wrong <laughs>
2: Andy, thanks so much Thank you for sitting down with us again. Uh, we love a, a second time repeat guest. I feel like the banters are like, it's like, you know, the, we have a rapport now.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Like I had a lot of fun last time and then I was super psyched when you guys reached out. Um, so the question we've been asking
2: all of our guests in the late stage pandemic is what are you excited to do when you, when, when we, when we can do again, what do you want to do?
0: Yeah. The first thing I'm going to do is like go out somewhere where I can sit on like a nice patio somewhere and just get drunk with good food and good friends. Like that's the number one thing I'm looking forward to. I'm not looking forward to going back to shopping, grocery shopping. I'm not looking forward to going back to a mall. I just want to get drunk like outside again with friends without having to worry about sidestepping people. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The
2: pandemic has definitely like, I'm probably still gonna order a lot of groceries delivered to my house. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just like so much better. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, so this is your time. Please, uh, plug whatever you want to plug.
0: Oh, thank you. Oh well, you can follow me, um, at on Twitter at at Sheba Break. Um, because everyone deserves a break with a Shiba. Um, The the podcast is all about some amazing people who have created their own careers in the video game world on, you know, using their own hands and getting the support from the people close to them without, you know, breaking the bank or going through the AAA route. Um, And so I share their journeys uh, and I kind of share my journey as well along with them on how uh, I'd like to break into the video game industry. So if you're interested in the video game industry, and how people get into this super hyper competitive industry, uh, definitely check it out. Great,
2: and as always, you can find us at I'm the Villain Pod. That's our Twitter, that's our Instagram, and that's our Gmail. Otherwise, bye everyone.